There is one story that every person is a part of, and it goes like this. God created us out of love to be in relationship with him. But our trust in God was broken by sin, and we became separated from him. So God sent Jesus Christ into the world to redeem us and restore us to new life. We all belong within the big, universal story of God's redeeming love. But at the same time, we each have our own individual experiences with God. Our encounters with His grace, mercy, hope, healing. These moments are as unique and unrepeatable as we are. And they are stories that are meant to be shared. You're listening to The Story, a podcast by St. Andrew the Apostle Catholic Church. In each episode, a different member of our community tells the story of a personal experience in their journey to know and follow the Lord. Hello, and welcome back to The Story. For episode seven, I spoke with one of my fellow parish staff members, Dominic Bruno, who serves as our Director of Evangelization at St. Andrew. Dominic, I'm really excited that you're joining me for this. I'm trying to and have all the staff involved um, in this podcast. So for those that don't know you, I know a lot of people probably do, but if they don't, can you introduce yourself to everyone? I'm the really tall guy. <laughs> yes, he's very tall. Uh, I have a hard time hiding, so most of you probably have seen me. Um, and if if not me, you've heard my children being noisy at mass. Um, so I... Yeah. Uh, Dominic Bruno and married uh, to my wife Joanna for nine and a half years. Uh, the half is today, um, and we have awesome. four children: um, eight, six, four, and two. Um, they all line up nice on the odd, num- even numbers today. Um, and uh, I've been at St. Andrew for ten years, almost. Um, it's it's it is. Um, time has really passed, passed swiftly and, and it's been, we have just been loved as a family, uh, in amazing ways since we've, since we've come here. Um, and I wish all young families actually had that mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and I know a lot of them do. Um, yeah, cause people you guys, just care for us for a long time and, and you work here. So people know you and they, they know me and they just, yeah. and they, they really, uh, reach out and care for us yeah. and a, a lot. So what I, I'd asked you to, you know, think of a story or a, a series of stories that kind of centered around a theme to share with everyone, what would you like to share with the parish? I was reflecting on the path of holiness of uh, marriage and family life. And my my grandmother, um, who uh, just died in the last year, but in the over the past number of years, oh, 10 or 15 years, when I would talk with her, uh, she would always say that she was so happy because I had gotten what I had always wanted. Um, and I guess when I was, you know, a little kid and a, and a young teenager, that somehow I had expressed to her that I had always wanted to be a husband and a father. And um, so every time we talked, she would start crying. Um, she would start crying all the time like whenever she'd pray she would cry and she was one of those people that just those emotions just there's no no filter they just start to come out yeah but it was um it was wonderful uh like 
a reminder of, yeah, I, I, I didn't recognize it uh, to the extent I think that she kind of saw it clearly. And so I was thinking, all right, this is what I've always desired. Uh, it's been, you know, so natural. Like when I was, oh, I've, I've always been married. I've always been a f- father. It feels like, like this is not. Right. It feels like it's been your life for a long time. My now. life. Yeah. For a long time. And it's so natural mm-hmm. to. Um, so why did God give me that desire? Mm-hmm. Um, why, that desire to begin with and then fulfill that desire. Um, and I think it is he wanted uh, me to grow in holiness and, and be a witness of, of his love. So I guess that in a, in a nutshell is the story I want to share of mm-hmm. uh, growing in, in holiness. And I, I guess I, to define holiness as intimacy with the Trinity, a closeness to the Trinity. Uh, and then conformity to the life of Jesus and, and the way of Jesus. So, so on that, I just have been, uh, you know, was reflecting. And so, like I said, Joanna and I have been married nine and a half years. Um, and as we were dating, uh, I realized that this was, this was good, that we should you know, pursue marriage for a number of different reasons. But one of them was that I could see that I was growing in love of other people, not just her, in our relationship, that I was becoming more aware of the difficulties of other people and sensitive to the needs in the world um, as as we were as we were dating. And I would have thought had had that been you know in high school or something, like you just see people just get zeroed in on that one person and that yeah. becomes their whole world and just yeah. like a laser focus. Uh, and closed off and and instead the opposite thing was happening of Hmm. being like like the Grinch you know my heart (laughs) my heart grew three times that day um Grinch Dominic (laughs) yeah so I I think it was a you know I was receiving the love of Jesus through her Mm -hmm. as she was part of the body of Christ um and that was that was changing me and then you know uh, a deepening of my prayer life and spending time with the Lord um taking confession really seriously and, you know, receiving graces through there. Mm -hmm. There was a growing attraction to St. Joseph and kind of a a connection to him that was developing at that time. Um, There's a litany of St. Joseph that I would, I would pray every day Mm -hmm. and just kind of asking for his intercession and it would list, you know, his characteristics, you know, Joseph, uh, guardian of the virgins, pray for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Model of workers, pray for us. Pattern of patience, pray for us. Um, And just kind of asking for to be molded into his character as right. a husband right. and as a father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, during that kind of dating dating time, those were areas where I see God was was molding me, influencing me. Mm-hmm. And then when we were, uh, we, we got married at, at St. Andrew, um, and we had met in, in Minnesota, and my family's from Idaho, and her family is mostly here, mm-hmm. but we had tons of Tons of friends come from Minnesota and my family from all across the country for the wedding. And that just still to this day overwhelms me at how people loved us. That uh, they all came together. That, that they all so came. Yeah. yeah. And and it was just, you know, three days of, of partying. And I wish we'd had not left on our honeymoon right after, you know, the next day. and But stuck around and spent more time with them. Uh, in, in hindsight, that was a mistake. But again, uh, it was God revealing his love for us through other people. Um, and I think that is, uh, that's continued. And I, and now as a, as a father, um, 
I really see that as my role. I am the, I am the first image of God the Father to my children. Mm-hmm. I, I am, I am what they think of when they think of God, uh, or, yeah. or you know, at first, uh, and even when they are adults, they'll carry that experience of their own father as they contemplate the yeah. heavenly Father. Yeah. Um, so, so some ways where I've seen um, God's uh, work in my life through kids, mm-hmm. um, one. Uh, just throughout my my whole life, whenever I don't have enough sleep, I get mm-hmm. sick. You know, a day or two of not having enough sleep, and I get sick. Mm-hmm. And so when we were pregnant with Caleb, our oldest, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, like newborn babies and sleep don't go don't together. Don't go together. So what's what's gonna happen? Uh-huh. And I was really, you know, worried that my wife uh, would have to carry the the load there. Um, and I think a miracle happened because. I definitely did not get very much sleep, um, <laughs> but I didn't get sick. You know, for the first four or five months of his life, wow. I was I was free of you know getting a cold. I thought you were going to say the miracle was that he didn't cry and you just got tons of sleep. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, Darn. And he would only sleep if he was um, being held on my chest or on Joanna's wow. chest. That is really awesome. Yeah. That just right at the start of your fatherhood was was God's provision. Yeah, like yeah, I, I have prepared yeah. you for this, and I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one night I can remember, uh, just repeatedly getting out of bed to go into mm-hmm. his room and care for him, and being uh, standing next to my bed after you know, putting him down mm-hmm. and asking the Lord. Should I lay down or not? Because it's just so hard to get up. Or if he's going to wake up, up yeah, if he's going to yeah. wake up in two minutes, I'm just going to stand here and then go get him. <laughs> and um, I, I haven't heard the voice of God kind of in a direct way that often. But this was one of those times where I just, you know, it wasn't a an exterior voice, but it was an oh. interior voice that just said, trust me. So I laid down and went to sleep oh. and, you know, slept for the next three hours or whatever before he woke up again. Um, long with a newborn. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So refreshing. Um, so, um, an- another time of you know seeing God's guidance in in family life was uh, with our our next uh, child, Benedict. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife and I we pray about the names that we're going to give our mm-hmm. kids, and like, all right, Lord, this is a big deal. This this is the way we thought. Like, right. the name of a person is a is a huge deal, and it's kind of a scary decision to make. Mm-hmm. So you know what their name is, God. So you just tell it to us and we'll name them that name. You know, you, you're taking the responsibility here. You, you've got a plan. Um, and, and that's the way it was. Caleb, our oldest, you know, Joanna just kind of woke up one day and like, oh, what do you think about Caleb? Um, and so I went looking in, in the Bible and, uh, you know, Caleb and Joshua were buddies. Um, and they were, uh, this is the time of the Israelites wandering in the desert, going into the promised land. And they were the scouts into the promised land. Yeah. So I thought firstborn yeah. being a scout, that's yeah, great. That's really good. He's uh, scouting out the train he's scouting for his out. younger siblings. Yeah. And, and in, the yeah. Promise, in the promised land, you know, the report came back from the scouts yeah. and said, they're giants there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's probably, you know, firstborn little baby. They're giants here. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so it was fitting. Like, yeah, all right, fitting. Caleb. Um, and, and his faithfulness to God's promises yeah. uh, really yeah. jumped out. Um, but then it was July 11th. I was here. It was a Friday. Um, Father Jim was doing the daily mass that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the feast of St. Benedict, uh, the monastic father. Um, and I didn't have any sort of devotion to Benedict. I kind of, you know, knew a little bit about him. But during mass that day, it was just God impressed upon me. His name's Benedict. Hmm. 
all right. Uh, so I went, I went home that, that evening and said, Joanna, his name is Benedict. And she's like, okay. And, uh, you know, that led me to, to learning more about St. Benedict. All right. If, if he wants to claim my son, right. uh, I should know right. some, something about him. Um, after, after baby two, um, you know, a few months later, I don't know, um, God was asking me, I could, I just kind of sense he was asking me to trust him more. And I wasn't quite sure what, what that meant. Right. Like Way? how, how, and, and what happened is that we kind of unexpectedly got pregnant, uh, with our daughter, Cora. Hmm. And I was like, all right, that's how you're going to. Okay. Now I really do need to trust you. <laughs> that's how you're going to bring about this greater mm-hmm. trust in, in me. I, I don't need to know exactly how, but this is the vehicle that you're mm-hmm. using to make me depend on you more. Um, having you know, three children, um, and what Caleb was 39 months, so a little over three when she was born. Um, yeah. So that was also um, the year of mercy that Pope Francis, uh, what was it, 2016. So Cora, Cora was, Cora, we were pregnant with Cora um, and, you know, trying to get the other kids to bed. That was you know, just regularly praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you know, almost every night for that year, I think, as I was putting the other kids to bed um, and contemplating God's mercy for me and... That led to her being named uh, Cora, uh, which mm-hmm. is like heart, heart, yeah. 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 Um, and her middle name is Mercedes, uh, which is a derivative of mercy. It's the only way to only way I would ever have a Mercedes as well. I remember that. I thought, well, that's unique for them. And then you put them together, Cora Mercedes. Yeah, this heart, heart of, of mercy. mercy. Yeah, and that I think is is one area where I talked about being a, a father and a, and a mm-hmm. husband is a way of God. Wanting to help me um, grow into to his his image uh, mm-hmm. of being merciful, um, and that's that's a, a huge struggle as as a parent uh, to be to be merciful to my children. Um, I have really high expectations for them, for myself, for for everybody, um, and really have been have been growing in uh, in in being merciful um, and and you know being slow to anger and gentle in my discipline mm-hmm. um and and not just laying it all on them like these are the 500 ways you need to grow right now like <laughs> look at all these terrible habits um but it is it is a long path of of growth um and and accepting that and realizing that's god the father's the way he treats me too he doesn't just lay it all out yeah as, and he certainly could for all of us right yeah here, here's all 500 ways that you yeah. are selfish and arrogant mm-hmm. and judgmental and yeah. uh so many other things mm-hmm. um and demand that tomorrow you are you got it all together you got it all together mm-hmm. exactly that that's recognizing how he treats me mm-hmm. um which my wife has really helped me to to kind of reflect upon like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one other cool story, um, back when, um, Caleb was nine months old, mm-hmm. uh, Joanne and I were on a retreat, mm-hmm. um, out at the DeSales Center, uh, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever have a chance to go out there, the, um, tangent here, they have little hermitages that you can rent yes. for the night. Um, and a so really just, beautiful chapel that's open the whole time. Uh, and, the, the chapel, yeah. I, I love yeah. it. It's, it's 
timber framed and rustic and it has this loft that goes all the way around with rocking chairs in it and blankets mm-hmm. and you can just sit, sit there, there and, with the lord as long as you want oh yeah yeah um we were on retreat um and i thought the lord was asking me to uh be more aware of my sinfulness that's how he wanted me to to grow um and so i was talking with one of the priests that was um leading the retreat is actually father matthias Thalen. um and he's up in Brighton now. He was going to be praying for me. And he said, you know, what do you want prayer for? And I said, uh, to, to know my sinfulness more. And he said, well, there's probably two ways that God could do this. One in kind of black and white terms. He could reveal your sins to you and, and show you all the way that you failed. Uh, and the other is that he could reveal his love to you. And in light of his love, you would realize how you failed to to respond to that love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he prayed with me. Um, I, I remember, so, so Caleb was nine months old and it was, you know, nine o'clock at night or something. He was sleeping in the ergo chest pack. He was on retreat with you. He guys. was on retreat with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was wearing him. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember just kind of, you know, him praying with me and then resting in the spirit with, with Caleb on my chest, like, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of laying down and and being at peace with the lord mm-hmm. um and later that evening in the chapel as as there was eucharistic adoration and prayer going on and i was sitting there he was still asleep um and i was just kind of holding him mm-hmm. contemplating uh, my love for him mm-hmm. and just kind of out of the blue uh it god the father's love for me just wrapped around me mm-hmm. and it was just yeah a a profound experience of god the father's love um and you know just kind of the thoughts that went along with that of see how much you love your son and how you hold him and care for him and mm-hmm. yet how you know far from perfect you are mm-hmm. um but i am you know how how much more is my love for you uh right. i am a, a perfect father yeah um so kind of you know those thoughts but also just a what to what to call it except an experience of the father's love yeah that that has really um you know now nine years no seven years later mm-hmm. eight years later um i still still think about all the time um and and just it's been a depth in my understanding of what it means to call god father I I had given presentations, uh, you know, little talks about, you know, the, the Our Father prayer and God's fatherhood and things. Um, but after experiencing that fatherhood, you know, it was a, a, a game changer. And that has led me to, all right, baptism is what brings me into that divine sonship mm-hmm. when I become an adopted son of the Father. Uh, and so, wow, I, I am baptized um, and grasping hold of, you know, it's over the last number of years, a continuing kind of embracing of that identity as baptized. Um, that, you know, it's not something that happened to me. Um, it, it, it was, but it is something that is still relevant, that I still, that has changed me. And I, I am baptized. I, it's not that I was baptized, but I am baptized. Um and so what do I have to worry about if I'm baptized? <laughs> like if, if that's who my father uh-huh. is yeah. and he's good mm-hmm. uh, and I've, you know, just kind of over and over learned that uh, mm-hmm. and he's powerful mm-hmm. and I've kind of over and over learned that and he 
loves me and he knows me, mm -hmm. uh, Dominic, not just general humanity. Um, why am I worried at all? Um, and there's lots of, um, you know, being a father, there's the weight of kind of financial concerns for mm -hmm. my family. Um, and that's one area of kind of God's trustworthiness um, that he continues to reveal. Um, I was on retreat just uh, during Lent. It was a forgiveness retreat. And one of the speakers said, God will stop at nothing to prepare you for his kingdom. And, you know, this guy was talking about just some real tragedies that had happened in his life and that he was able to understand that God used those to really do some work on his heart that needed to be done to prepare him for the kingdom. And so, I've, you know, I've been contemplating that. But I think that's, I guess I'm I'm pretty wimpy, right? If if God is using a, a wonderful, beautiful wife and four amazing children to prepare you for the kingdom, like okay, that that's that's pretty easy. Um, well, you know, throw some cheesecake in there as well. Um, another way that I have uh, grown in kind of understanding of God's love for me is the experience of being known and loved by my wife. You know, now nine and a half years into marriage she knows a lot more about me than she did nine and a half years ago yeah. and continues to love me yeah um and and it's great and and, it, and it's a it's a deeper more mature love and it's just a it is a it, it it's it's good in its own right but it is also a, a type of god's love for me um yeah. it, it it points to that that's that's what it, it points to uh, God's love for me. And he knows me even more than she does, uh, yet continues to, you know, died for me, uh, bled and, and suffered uh, for me. So that is my, that, that motivates me, you know, uh, to, to be a witness of love to my kids, to my wife. You know, Ephesians 5 is a, is a Bible verse that often gets a, gets a bad rap um, for what, uh, Paul asks wives to be submissive to their husbands. Um, but, you know, when Joanne and I read that, she's always like, you got the tougher job. You know, yeah. You have to submit to Christ. Because right and, after that, it and, says. And, and love, and love, love me as, as uh -huh. uh, Christ loves the church. Yeah. And that crucifix is how Christ loved the church. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, it's cool to hear how you have received that and understanding of that love and, um, like his patience and his his knowing you like being like you were saying being known and loved by God and and his forgiveness and and all of that and then as you grow in that then you have more of that to give to your wife and to your kid um and then it sounds like God just keeps building on that from what i'm hearing of these different experiences is it's almost like like a one brick at a time kind of thing and like you you're looking back nine and a half years later and a lot can happen in that time yeah 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 it, it's been a, a, a lot of growth and i and i really hope in another nine and a half years i can look back and say yeah i've been responding to the lord over those last nine and a half years too yeah, yeah. and you know there's 80 and 90 year olds in the parish that i get to talk to that are devout in prayer and changing and growing still mm -hmm. and they inspire me and like ah oh, i hope when i'm 80 that i am still maturing in holiness growing in holiness yeah. Yeah. um like they are and i and 
I, I, I really have to, you know, thank my wife here uh, for helping me respond to these situations in my life and giving them this kind of divine perspective and like not become distracted or bitter, you know, other things, but to, to help me interpret them um, as this is God's action and this is the way he's challenging you. Uh, and her, her insight into, into that has been really valuable. Uh, sometimes you will tell us, will tell us stories of things that your kids have said or done that have just been like really profound about God without them even realizing it. Are there any of those that come to mind recently or that stand out in your mind of things that your kids have taught you or how the Lord has taught you through your kids? Yeah. So, so Andre, um, just a, a few weeks ago, he was talking at home and he was talking about Jesus. And uh, this was right after Christmas. And I was you know, trying to make the distinction of baby Jesus or bread Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like bread Jesus at mass? Yeah, the, the, the Eucharist or, you know, baby Jesus, baby in, the Jesus in the manger. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, like in, in some way he, you know, he's comprehending this. This is, this is Jesus. Um, but two other um, instances that come to mind. Um, we used to live in town, and I would walk up and down uh, Henry Street um, on on my way to the church and, and back. And one time I was walking home, actually, with uh, just with my son Caleb, and he was on his little balance bike going up the mm-hmm. sidewalk, and it was in October. And the house across the street had these sinister-looking Halloween decorations up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was two probably um and very sensitive to evil and he saw them and he said jesus and then pedal or you know whatever you do on a, on a balance bike you don't pedal <laughs> but ran up up the hill as fast as he could um but that uh, initial cry to jesus and then running away and then running evil, away from like evil run in the opposite direction that's amazing yeah i was like all right okay um that's how I should do it, but also, uh-huh. wow, something something that we've been doing as a family is, is taking root here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 a couple of years ago, um, we were reading the one of the parables, um, the uh, the pearl of of great price um, that that Jesus talks about, and the farmer or the or the the merchant uh, sells all that he has in order to buy that one pearl that he's found. And I had always interpreted that um, and, and heard, you know, homilies and things about that of our response to you know, what we should do when we encounter Jesus mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, forego and surrender all that we have in order to, to be in yeah. relationship with him. Yeah. And Caleb, you know, he said, what, you know, what, what are you hearing? What do you think of this parable? And immediately he said, oh, I know what it means. We are the pearl. I am the pearl. And and God the Father gives all that He has in order to buy us. Wow! Um, and it's it is Jesus on the cross, dying, you know, and the Father giving His Son uh, away um, mm-hmm. to to claim us, to redeem us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because oh, we don't we don't see ourselves. I th- I think some of that happens with age is we don't see ourselves as being a pearl like that anybody would want to pay everything for. But a a child still has that I think that innate idea that people are are good 
which they are, but, you know, life in the world tends to sort of distort our view of that the older we get. And it's like a kid can just see, like, I'm that pearl and I'm worthy of being loved to that extent that God would sell, give everything he had just for me. Um, you've talked about how, um, you know, your role here at the parish and that you get to interact with a lot of uh, parishioners, um, but you maybe don't get to sit down and have this conversation uh, with every single parishioner that you interact with. If you had a chance to like, invite them, um, whether it's a father um, or or a man or it could be a woman, but what would you invite them to do in light of the things that you've just shared? One, I would invite them to have the perspective that um, family life is not a obstacle to holiness. Um, that is a pathway to holiness for most of the people in the world. You know, very few are, you know, called to be uh, celibate and single, but the majority are um, called into, into family life. And it's just rich with the action of God uh, and uh, chances for uh, becoming intimately united with him um, and revealing his love to other people. Um, so one, just kind of embrace that. But two, if find if, if you're in that situation, um, and, and like I said, my wife does for me of helping me to see that clearly um, and developing those conversations or that that boldness to to speak to your your spouse um, about what you're seeing uh, and you know praying for that vision uh, in order to uh, encourage and exhort and challenge and help help one another respond to what God is doing because there's you know he's he's doing things um, all the time uh, and I think I think. But am, am I always recognizing it and responding in the appropriate way? Am I docile to what his action is in, re, in responding? And I guess the the third thing um, is, you know, our our marriage prep program that we've started here has its foundation in a mentoring relationship. Uh, and there's the program called Witness to Love um, that couples work through with another couple that they select. Uh, and I've been understanding that, you know, more and more in the kind of year that we've been using that, uh, just as I've, as I'm contemplating, um, that is, that is our vocation. That is our call, uh, to be, uh, witnesses to witnesses to love. Um, so really think, am I a witness to love and not, and not human love? Am I a witness to the love of Jesus to my wife, um, to my children, um, to my neighbor, um, and I was thinking about what you said about that, you know, for the majority of the world, the path of holiness that God lays out for and calls most people to is a family life. It's not religious life or consecrated life. Um, and I think a lot of times we have this imbalanced view of maybe God's grace or God's blessing that um, those who are in religious life, that priests and religious sisters and consecrated virgins things like that like that they get this like special calling from god to be holy and then that there's just the rest of us 
and that that's not the case at all. And I was thinking as you were saying that the majority of people are called to a family life. Not that God's infinite, so his his blessing and grace are not limited, but it makes sense that God would supply like a proportional, comparable amount of grace and blessing to those people too. He's not going to be like, here's what most of you are called to, and I'm not going to give you what you all need. So I hope that people will realize that God is working in their life and God has given them, like how you, you were talking about, a vehicle for for him to help you grow through the regular things that are part of our life. It's a good good reminder. So, yeah, something that struck me a couple of years ago was this thought that the the only infinite, eternal thing that you come into contact with in the course of the day is the person that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. It's not your job and your house and your Mm -hmm. lawn and the Detroit Tigers. and um, (laughs) Yeah. Like those things cease to exist, but the soul, the the person, not just the soul, but the soul and the the resurrected body Mm -hmm. of the the person that you interact with. Um, So am I, as I'm saying this, you know, realize how falls short of that. Yeah. Over and over and me over too. again in, in recognizing that and, and treating the person in front of me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is you're talking about parish programs. You know, the, the last four years I've been involved with uh, That Man Is You, our men's group at the parish. Um, and it's been a, in a big help in it's just a weekly reminder to see my life that way as being called to be a witness to love, uh, being called to die to myself as Jesus did. Um and, you know, with uh, brothers that are encouraging me and, you know, modeling for me how they do that in their lives. Um, and, and, I, and I love um, to, you know, share with people about, about family life and Catholic family life because um, we have learned so much from other people. Oh, yeah. um, Catholic family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Dominic, for sharing openly um, kind of about your growth with the Lord and thank you for your witness and your example. And, um, thank you. Right. I know Joetta mentioned that she was listening, uh, to one of the episodes with your kids. So if your kids are listening, do you want to say hi to them? Sure. Andre, Cora, Benny and Caleb. I love you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Story. As a reminder, episodes are going to be released every two weeks going forward. So episode eight will come out on Friday, April 30th. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope you're enjoying the story as much as we are enjoying making it.